<laughs> wow, I feel really caught off guard. Okay, <laughs> never mind. I have nothing to share then, you guys. Um, I okay, I've got something to share. I downloaded for the first time a Santa's Helper app, a Santa's shopping app. Oh, and it's changing my life. Oh my gosh, tell us more about down. this. Okay. I, uh, I listened to, do you guys ever listen to the podcast? Um, uh, what's it called? The lazy genius. I love her. I love her no, too, but I will Big start... shout out to the lazy genius. She's got a great book. I think she, did her cookbook already come out. Yeah. it came I don't out. Know, she's amazing. She's just all about, uh, organization in a non like what, what's in, a the word in a lazy way, for? in a lazy way, lazy <laughs> yeah. organization, Yeah. which I'll take. I like it. <laughs> so I changed my life this past fall because I listened to her episode on uh, email and I literally have always had hundreds of messages in my inbox. And because of her, her amazing episode, I got my inbox down to five. Email. Out of town. I'm listening to that episode as soon as what? we are And what? I did it. I did it in I want to send that to Andy. Short, I think I did it in an hour, you guys. You get out. No, <gasps> I did. And it took, it meant that I had to kind of just ignore all those hundreds that I meant to get back to. So if you were one of those out there, I'm sorry, y'all. But I ignored you. You're in, you're archived. And now I'm down to five. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we send another email. <laughs> <laughs> but in that same episode, somebody wrote in and talked about app i'm gonna bring it up right now so i can tell you guys what it is because this is early december and all of you need it's called santa's bag and it mm -hmm. has a countdown it sounds <laughs> a little dirty <laughs> it does santa's bag. i'm not gonna download that yeah are you sure it's, are you sure this is the one <laughs> it, has, it has a countdown how many days hours minutes and seconds till christmas Okay. It shows you can put in your budget. It says how many gifts you purchased, how many you have to buy, and then you have like a list of all the people. So no more spreadsheets, y'all. Oh, like I've ever done a spreadsheet. Me too. Never my, have done a spreadsheet? I like Christmas? to rely on the good <laughs> old <life>. noggin, <laughs> which then serves me wrong each year. <laughs> and I'm like, Every oh year. gosh, pack up this sweater I, I wore once. <laughs> totally i relied oh my on my noggin until my noggin broke a few oh this ago. is true and oh my god I had, then i was like i don't remember i don't remember i know for and our I listeners know. micah had a got a concussion so when she says it broke there was a real it was a good thing six here. months no micah that was a season that was, was like you. years yes <laughs> it was like a year that i couldn't remember stuff at all and you kept oh, bumping man. your head over yeah. and over again it was i actually wanted to sit you down <laughs> For, for a review, like, listeners, look you around. can go back to episode oh gosh, 63. It's too good. Right? <laughs> Get out your spreadsheet, take notes on how Micah did. So <laughs> Santa's bag. There Santa's we go. bag. Okay. I've okay. never made a spreadsheet in my whole life. I realize now. My, my organization is like, no one sends me one. It's like, oh, this piece of paper is sitting on my desk. Here's a little Sharpie. Let me go ahead and write my list. That's my, that's my spreadsheet. I find old mail to write in the back of. All the old then, mail. And then I throw the old mail away. Yep. But it's good for the environment, right? With said like note on it. Use. Yes. Whoopsie. We use recycle. I put it in my back pocket. I change my pants. I find it the next time I wear those pants. 
Okay, Santa's bag it is. Let's give it a Santa's shot. Bag. Everybody okay. go download. We'll put give a link a in our in our notes. And uh, hey, enough of this. All of you. Enough <laughs> of this right now. <laughs> Let's shout some words and shift some narratives for people with Down syndrome. Today, Mercedes <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's not your fault. The script is written for me. Today, Mercedes and Heather and I are revisiting a very important topic that we discussed back in September because we have more to say, believe it or not. I know y'all can't believe it. And all of you do too. It's time to chat about disability and inclusion at church. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Lucky Few Podcast. When you hear the term special needs planning, what comes to mind? If you're like most people, you probably envision paying an attorney a lot of money to set up a special needs trust for your child. That's because the traditional approach to special needs planning tells families to do two things. One, establish a trust, and two, buy a life insurance policy to fund it in the future when you die. But is that version of planning enough to give you a true sense of security today? and complete peace of mind regarding your child's future. As a proud older brother of a younger sister with Down syndrome, Philip Clark didn't think so. That is why he founded Enable Special Needs Planning. His team of expert special needs consultants guide families step-by-step through the planning process and develop lifelong relationships to help them adjust over time as things change. If you want more from your planning experience, check out enablesnp.com. That's enablesnp, as in special needs planning.com. Okay, friends. So a few months ago, we released an episode all about disability in the church. It's episode 179, in case our listeners out there want to find it. And we got a ton of responses to this episode. So we wanted to share that today and we want to keep the conversation going. Yes, we do. Hmm. So I, I'll just remind us a little bit of what we talked about, what was on the agenda last time. And listener, if you haven't listened to that episode and you want to go listen to that first, go for it. But uh, some of the things we talked about were the perception of disability in church spaces We talked about how there seems to be kind of two sides to um, this coin and neither of them feel like the, the, the right, uh, Mm. the, the like good and healthy middle. It feels like there's kind of this Christian savior complex that um, pities or perpetuates negative stereotypes of disability, or there's kind of this rejection of Mm. um, don't disturb our piece here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had a pretty good conversation about what, what it feels like to be in either of those spaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting because we asked for feedback from everybody and it's almost like the thing that came up is this theme of no one's saying this exactly out loud, but our disability ministry is creating more separation mm. than helping build community. 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I feel like you have to just sit with that for a minute. Oh, (laughs) I don't, I, okay. How do you build a good disability ministry? That's like, what's the heart behind it? I talk about all the time foundationally. What's the foundation here? Like if you're building upon that foundation of ableism and you're not, you're ignoring those facts, then yeah, you're going to build a ministry that continues to segregate instead of create community. I think that's happening a lot. That savior complex is happening in a lot of people's minds, but I think there's a lack of of self-awareness. People aren't having the hard conversations or like um, checking their motives, like really doing that or holding each other accountable in that Yeah. or listening to the voices of disabled people. Right. I think, I mean, I do feel like it comes back to the ways that we see inclusion work in other spaces, right? I, I've been celebrating how well inclusion is working for ACE right now. And one of the gifts of what is happening for him at his school is that there are a couple of kids who have really bought into wanting to be his friend. (laughs) And I think it's a good age for that. I think it's like, there's, and you know, let's just, let's just say it how it is. The girls love him. And it's the girls who want to be his friend in Mm -hmm. second grade. But like, there's a little girl who has, who just wants to be with him. And so the teachers are using that, that desire to create spaces where he is included. She is the one who's meeting him at his bus and walking him in instead of a teacher needing to do that. And, and it feels like the kind of inclusion, the kind of, disability ministry that would work at a church that is inclusive is the kinds that happen naturally mm-hmm. where there's a buddy system that is not coerced, coerced, yeah. is coerced. That the word? coerced. coerced. and is there's three different ways to say that word. We just figured out all three <laughs> said it a little different. No. Sorry, go ahead. Coerced. <laughs> we were all right. Like, okay. Go there's, ahead. <laughs> there's the, there's the idea of a completely segregated, like, ministry for people with disabilities where they're meeting in a a room off alone by themselves you know and maybe people come into it to to help um people without disabilities come in to help or there's like the inclusive model of just bringing people with disabilities into the congregation and uh people having friends right it feels like friendship is the uh, simplest and best practice, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> it sure does. I, when I think about this in the church and even like, we'll read through some examples because our, our listeners chimed in here with their experiences. I think at the core of it, I, I need people to ask themselves when I see Macy and August step into a space as they are, do I see them as fully human? Right. And probably not. I didn't, I didn't see people with disabilities as fully human for a long time. And I couldn't, I didn't know that it wasn't, I, I would have swore I did, you know, but I had some ideas about what disability meant that just were not naturally, not naturally, um, ingrained through like the way that society is and, and practices in society. And it was just like, this is how it is that I never would have said people with disabilities are less than ever, ever, ever. And I can look back though. And I'm like, no, I totally. I totally thought that 
-hmm. or I lived in a society in which that is the case and, and didn't, um, and was okay with that. I didn't know to not be because it wasn't a conversation I was having. It wasn't, I didn't have to think about it in a personal way like I do now, you know? So when they walk into a room, are you seeing Mason as like fully human as she is? Mm-hmm. Is this what we're doing here? You know, like, and if that, if the answer is yes, in your deepest heart of hearts, then we're, then it's going to work. We're going to find a way to make it work. If mm-hmm. not, that's the starting point in my, in my opinion, then we got some stuff to undo mm-hmm. in the ways that right. we think and the things we believe. Let's, let's undo all of that. And how does that get undone? It's like that catch 22, get into relationship, you know, mm-hmm. get into relationship with disabled people, with people with down syndrome, and then you can't help, but know them and love them as a full functioning human being, you know, like as image bearers of a good God who made them with down syndrome. I, um, love that Heather, because I think the same thing for myself, as you're saying, like when I first, like got introduced to the disabilities community at the time, it was their own, it, I was a part of being a buddy, a leader, of basically, um, that's, I guess I should say a segregated youth group just for teens and, um, adults actually. So it's not just a youth group of people with special needs. And they knew, I mean, sometimes I would see them at church on Sundays, but not at all, really never. And then, but I would for sure see them Monday nights you know, and I never thought more past it because it wasn't personal, right? I was just, I got to be a buddy and it was so much fun and it was so good. Um, but from like a family aspect and for like the whole church community to actually know those church participants Mm -hmm. being there on Sunday morning for long-term and for the whole family would have been so much more valuable looking mm-hmm. back. I wish I could have brought that kind of insight or we could have thought of that. And then in my head too, I, after our episode, I was thinking, man, I wish, I mean, I don't know how other youth groups are. Sunny's only in third grade. So she still goes to Sunday school where it's like a story, a lot of playtime and some singing And it boggles my mind that that would, for an hour and a half at most, any kind of church Sunday school service would have a hard time (laughs) entering in, in a normal way, a child with a disability. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, we're, it's not you're there's nothing to accomplish except for the love of Christ and love for our neighbors. That's really all that we're trying to navigate encourage our children and accomplish on a Sunday morning. So even in that simplest like idea, I'm actually kind of irked that that just can't be accomplished at any church. And it can be accomplished. It can be, can be accomplished. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And I, you know, I'll say that I have been invited by our children's minister and granted, like our church is pretty small. So we're not dealing with like, it's not a children's ministry of 300 children or something, but I've been invited to really think with her about how to help Ace engage with the story. He is, he is, you know, in second grade. So he's there with first through fifth grade in this little classroom. 
and he wants to get up and run around and he doesn't mm -hmm. want to do the art project, you know? So, um, I'm thinking about the things that have worked for him at school, whether it's using pecs and how can we have some, some images with Velcro that he uses to help him understand the story. How can we have a notebook or something for him that, that they can pull out that may be different than what everybody else is doing, but that can help him to make sense of the story. How can we use his talker to give him some ways to communicate and communicate about the love of God and things that aren't necessarily going to be naturally in his talker. And mm -hmm. just even just having someone who is open to sitting down with mm -hmm. me as a mom and say, we want to help figure this out and I'm not trained in this and I don't know this stuff, but, um, like I can guarantee you if there's any children's pastors out there listening or youth pastors out there listening, like parents want their kids to be part of the community and mm -hmm. they will work to figure out how to help that happen. Yeah. Yeah, I like the issue that a listener wrote in and said, this person said, I started going to a wonderful church that allows my son who is autistic to be his 100% authentic self and even asked me, what can we do to make him feel included? I was blown away. Yes. And it is such a great start. Like, what mm -hmm. can we do to make him feel included? And I think I'm just in a really jaded space in my life right now with inclusion <laughs> because I'm like, man, I'm such a downer. And... <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm exhausted. When you ask me that question, like I, I, can't, I can't, you guys, I don't know. I don't know anymore. Like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm not coming back if I have to be the one to do it, yeah. but we have to be the one to do it. I know. And, or, and this is kind of jumping down here. Um, but we can jump ahead. There are great ministries that do it. So it's like here, yeah. here's how I feel like you can tell if someone really means it. What can we do to make him feel included? Here's a website. It's 99balloons.org. And they have these, they've set up something called, um, recess and they know how they have a, they have a formula on how to create a meaningful disability ministry in your church, mm -hmm. or here's Johnny and friends. They have a formula on how to create a meaningful disability ministry in your church. Mm -hmm. And then if the next, like, here you go, you do it. And then absolutely ask me for follow-up questions. But if Micah, I just am like applauding you and mm -hmm. stepping in like that. And it is different at a small church and there's that community piece. Yeah, sure. And and this, this is going to sound, you guys tell me how awful or fine, whatever this sounds. And maybe when I, when Macy was, how old is Ace? He's eight. Yeah. When Macy exactly. was eight, I had more mm -hmm. in me to do it. You know, like 14 years <laughs> in, I'm just like middle fingers to the world. This is just the last couple months. You guys, I'm fine. I'm going to get over it. I'm in process. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like I do think yeah. when I was younger, when my kids were younger, I had all that energy. And now it's like, this is the hardest season of all time for community. Mm -hmm for all freaking adolescents and teenagers, like, right. Like not just down mm -hmm. syndrome and I'm going to figure this out for everybody. I just can't. Mm -hmm. I think it's always hard to, that question gets me a lot because unless I've observed all the nuances of a class or how things are going, I usually don't know. Like if they're like, mm -hmm. okay, you know, what do you want us to do? And then I'm like, I guess, I'll have to stay and see what's going on, you yeah. know, cause yeah. there's just little fun things that happen, little transitions that happen and such and whatnot. So 
it is kind of like you're saying, Heather, back in the day, you may have had more energy. It is, it's a lot of energy. It's a lot of, okay, if I'm going to come to this church on Sunday, I'm probably going to need to volunteer so that I do know what's going on. So I can speak into what may help Sunny um, or not. I don't know, but it does take always like work in that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not you possible know, for everyone or not. Everybody yeah. wants to do that, which is okay too. Yeah. That's a hard yeah. one. Yeah. And Heather, you're, you're dealing with a teenager too. It's right. a different world. And teenagers are a different world. You know, I've been thinking about that since our last conversation too, um, because I shared that I am working part-time as youth director Mm -hmm. at my church. And I have been, we're we're really re-establishing the youth ministry after it kind of fizzled out during Mm -hmm. COVID. And, And I just think even though we don't have a teenager with a disability in our ministry yet, we have Ace in our church and mm-hmm. he will be in the youth ministry mm-hmm. in four years. And I think it's really important as the youth pastor right now that I'm helping these students build that muscle mm-hmm. of, of like what, what kind of community do we want to be? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to love someone who's different than you? And those that like setting that kind of tone and building that kind of culture happens right now. It doesn't have to wait until someone with a disability shows up in the community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I really oh. do believe like, you know, we, we played a game with pantyhose on your head and oh, I tennis balls so funny, you guys. at the bottom of it where you're like <laughs> yeah. swinging your head around and slamming like, really it. Funny. Each other. I, I mean, how is that like, there is no reason why, why someone, it's the same thing you were saying, Mercedes, about like, yes. how can you not make space for my kid? It, you have a story and you color a piece of paper in children's and children's ministry. It's like, fun music and we're supposed yeah. to play right. together. Right. What's happening? Yeah. 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 We're playing that music. Nothing serious. We're, we're wearing pantyhose on our head and yes. we're, yes, we have maybe a higher level conversation about these these scripture passages we're reading. Of course we do, because we're dealing with teenagers, but there's always a way to be inclusive. And that yeah. starts with building a community that believes that. Mm-hmm. Teaching totally. it now yeah. before there's a- Yeah, it's that foundational piece. Like mm-hmm. what do we believe about other people yeah. and and being, a, yeah, and building community. How important is that for us? Um, I let's read through some of the examples that people sent in because there's a handful here and, and listeners, we asked everybody who wanted to, to share, to share their experiences. And, um, we didn't like pick and choose here. There was one positive and the rest were negative. (laughs) (laughs) We we got one positive (laughs) and we're going to wrap it up with the bow though. Right. You guys, we got some bows coming. Um, this is from, I'm not going to say who it is. We're going to, we're going to leave this, um, What's the word that not secret uh, anonymous. anonymous secret is not go. the word we're going after. Secrets. <laughs> we'll leave these um, <laughs> okay. So this person said this episode, our previous episode spoke to my soul. One of the most unexpected losses after our daughter's prenatal diagnosis was mm. the loss of our church family. Um, we're feeling so much pressure from medical providers to get an abortion to the point. I felt guilty for continuing the pregnancy. I knew in my heart that she was exactly who God created her to be and was created in God's image, but it was new and scary and unexpected. We turned to our pastors and wanted their spiritual reassurance from our church leaders. Instead, our church pointed to the social statement 
and told us we'd be just fine to abort her because of her abnormality. Mm -hmm. And they viewed her life as disposable because she was different and didn't see God's grace and mercy and the very differences he blessed her with. Um, I'm not reading every word for it. Staying there wasn't fair to her or the rest of our kids. We moved on to a different church that at least says the right, at least says the right things, bare minimum, I know, but we're still mourning the loss of our old church family. It feels like a betrayal. Oh, I will say there was another one similar, and then I want to bring up something. Yeah. Um, another um, listener said it was in a church where someone referred to Jackson as, I'm not good with that word. What is that? Um, Mongoloid. 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 <gasps> so rude. Granted, she was a much older woman raised in a time when phrases like this were common. Now we attend a church that is fully inclusive and welcoming from the service that welcomes sounds of children to its inviting youth group, including missions trip. Jackson is a welcome member. I will say that this has been anytime I've had an issue, it's been with the older generation mm. um, of volunteers of church members. And um, I think there's something to be said about that and mm. that in a church setting um, that you would hope everybody is on the same page, but there is still a lot of old views, old ways that is still there. And it makes me very frustrated because I'm not very excusing just because you're old mm. of those yeah. things. So it bothers me, but I know that that's something pastors also kind of, um, cater to if you guys know church culture so there's mm. like board members there's leadership and pastors cater to those things i don't mean to get all crazy but i know this is like a whole other episode right <laughs> <laughs> but i'm saying do you kind of see what i'm saying though yeah. that there are old views that are um that infiltrate a church culture and system so you guys i just want to say that and just mm -hmm. If you're hitting a wall, hitting a wall, look beyond why you're hitting a wall and see if that church and maybe the way they view things from board down um, will work for you or not in your family or if you're going to keep hitting a wall. Yeah, I think there's so many ways that you can make a like, again, it's like building a culture in a church that is welcoming to loudness welcoming mm -hmm. to like people not being perfectly appropriate people yes. not like wearing the right thing whatever it is like the is is if your church is comfortable with babies crying then probably your church is more comfortable with a kid with sensory needs mm -hmm. saying ah the whole time like mm -hmm. ace does and and I feel safe in my church because during prayer, when Ace is shouting, ah, I don't feel like anyone is blinking an eye. I feel like yeah. they are like, this is part of the sound of our community and mm -hmm. that's what it should be. And um. so, yeah, I think that's a good point, Mercedes, that there is sort of an old school way of thinking about what church should be or old school just different generation of thinking about disability mm -hmm. but um 
yeah, I think you can kind of read that before you can read it in other ways before you even get to the disability part. Mm-hmm. Totally. I mean, you can go into a church and if there's no disabled people, <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like, huh, I wonder why not, yeah. you know, like where, where are they? Um, this person said, this is such a good conversation to have. I'm sharing it with my pastor. She tried so, so hard to be inclusive of everyone. Your kid needs to get up for a lap around the church. Go ahead. Just try to do it quietly. Need to step outside because they're overwhelmed. Here's a sensory room, bean bags, headphones, et cetera, in a special room in the lobby. We've got a section in the back where quiet sensory toys like Play-Doh and crayons. Uh, we had one church that wanted him to go to the nursery alone. I was uncomfortable with that. So we never went back. He was nonverbal and they couldn't quote handle him in Sunday school. He was four. Um, so yeah, this is, sounds like they found a church that's being intentional and making spaces for your kid to be there with the sensory stuff in the back. I do feel like too, um, when it comes to showing up, I think the first step, the showing up is also like, I feel this way too, Heather about camp. Like when you show Mm -hmm. up with your child with, um, a disability and you've you've done the waiver, the medical form that has their diagnosis on it. And then someone's still shocked when you tell them this is their new mm-hmm. <laughs> camper or new like <laughs> student. I always get a little frustrated. I'm like, Oh, did you guys read that? Like 50 page medical thing that I had to fill out. That you asked, us. Uh, <laughs> you asked yeah. me too. Okay. Um, but I feel like the churches that I've been to, cause we had to church hop a lot when we first moved to San Diego, it was so reassuring and so good when someone was just genuinely positive, you know, about mm-hmm. having sunflower enter the class and was like, no sweat. And I'm like, okay, I'm here's my phone number, you know, just text me if you need anything. Because I think sometimes the fear comes first and the times that it was awkward when it was like, like an over prep, you know, of what can we do for sunflower? Okay. What do we need? Do you want to stay for a little bit? And observe? And I'm like, no, I think she'll be fine. And either way you could call me. I have to leave my number anyways. You know, like, mm-hmm. I just feel like for such a short amount of time, just on a Sunday, um, the attitude of which receiving our child, like our children, yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, just like a positive, like, I'm here for it. Attitude goes such a long way. And then already mentally preparing for if you have a volunteer or helper, which they usually do on a Sunday morning. Okay. Like, you know, Hey, we have a friend here. Like, can you help keep a closer eye if they, he or she needs help or assistance? You know, I feel like there's some, I guess to me, some basic moves to start with. If you have nothing else in in place, basic moves, a good attitude and a helper that's going to have their eye and attention in a positive way, especially for that student with a disability coming in. Cause like we've seen, it's rare to have more than one. So it's not like anybody could say they're overwhelmed. Not, I'm not saying, but yeah, I'm saying that nobody's overwhelmed. <laughs> you want to know who's overwhelmed? The mom and the dad, the parents. Yes. They're overwhelmed. Let me drop yes. them off so I can have coffee at the cafe and, and listen to the surface. Yes. <laughs> Give me my quarter sprinkle donut in peace. 
seriously. Um, okay, we, yeah. we have a, um, a positive one. Let's read the positive one and hear about what wonderful things are happening in this person's church. Yes. I just listened to your podcast on church inclusion. It was a great episode. Inclusion at church or lack of is so disappointing. When we adopted our daughter seven years ago, we realized we could not return to church like we did prior to bringing her home. So I had to go to the church and figure something out. We started our disability ministry then with a one-to-one -one buddy program so the kids could be fully included into the classrooms. That part of the ministry is going amazing, but that's not where it stopped. Once the kids left sixth grade, they often never returned to church. Oh, that's where it stopped. Sorry. That's where it stopped. Yeah. Okay. Once the kids left sixth grade, they often never returned to church, not to mention the adults who did not come, who did not come to church. One out of every four people have a disability. Where are they? And that's the question you asked earlier, Heather. Over the last few months, we have had people join this ministry team who love the adult world, and they have started this hiking ministry where we take those who cannot hike on local hikes with our special hiking chair, which I want to see this hiking chair. You too. We have a group of roughly 10 adults that meet on Thursday evenings for a Bible study and games, and we're trying to get some ASL interpreting happening. And now we're holding our first ever special needs worship night in November so that families with special needs can come worship and dance and sing free from judgment of others. We have students serving on the worship team during our vacation Bible school and on Sundays, and we have adults helping with the coffee cart and hosting online on Sundays. For, for six years or so, I was so glad our church had the kids program going, but was often bummed we didn't have anything as they aged. And now all of a sudden, God is opening doors and we are quickly expanding. It's been amazing to experience. My whole thing this whole time has been we parents have to fight for things in every space. We go with our child from school to sports and so on. That church should not be one of those spaces. The Joni and Friends organization has been instrumental in helping us with building our program and key ministry is another wonderful resource for us. You can check us out at Limitless NPCC. Mm. Thanks for doing a podcast on this area. That's great. Yeah, that's great. I, I want to go to that worship night. Yeah, me, me too. too. And I love hearing about like the creativity around creating spaces for adults with disabilities. The hiking yeah. chair. <gasps> I want to know about this. How amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. And the, you know, I also just seen the ASL interpreting. I, if there's not ASL interpreting, there are not going to be people who are deaf there. That's right. just mm -hmm. the truth. Mm -hmm. And I, I think about that so much. My mom just celebrated with her church, uh, her, the deaf church that she helped found turned 42. What? This amazing. past, like week yeah two weeks ago so there's and yeah you build it and people come because there yeah. is so yeah. few opportunities right and um churches just need to decide what they want to be about that's right disneyland has ASL interpreters at their shows. You guys, Disneyland's doing it. All these church folk are like picketing Disneyland. Disneyland's got ASL interpreters. <laughs> That's another episode too. That's like a different podcast. They're um, picketing and I also see the members at Disneyland with their passes. So yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> you guys, I'm just going to say it here They're loud all. and proud. I freaking love Disneyland. Okay. I love Disney. And that's, we're going to talk about that in a different podcast. That's not this one that it does hasn't opened yet hasn't started yet 
Johnny and Friends was mentioned so many times by people. And if you're not you familiar, Joni, is it not it's Joni? Joni? It's Johnny. Her name's Johnny. Johnny. Okay, Johnny. Okay. Johnny. Johnny Sintana. Eric Tata. Eric Tata. Yeah. She, if you don't know, if you're not familiar, that we don't have time to tell you, you're going to have to go <laughs> click a link and learn a lot about her. But there's her, they're one of their biggest things is, um, support for disability in churches. And it's there. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's there. And I want to say too, that I think it's really important. Inclusion. I, we talk about things like this before, so this shouldn't be a new idea, but inclusion isn't just putting like a Macy ace August Sunny in a room mm-hmm. and, and saying, come be with us. That's not inclusion. Inclusion is inclusive practices. So it's support. It's like what you're talking about, Micah. It's like, you have to have support in place. Our, our kids, our loved ones with down syndrome, we want them involved and it's going to mean some support for them to be involved. It, that's mm-hmm. how it works. It's not, it's going to fail otherwise. And that's what, what happens. Like, yeah, of course they can be here. And then, but there's no support in place and that's not inclusion. Um, and that's true for the church. So, so there's resources that exist again, Johnny and friends and, um, 99 balloons is an incredible ministry as well. They're located in Arkansas, but they work around the whole globe, setting up ministries for churches, for people with disabilities to be part of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both of them are doing it really, really well. So that's great. And this reader also mentioned key ministry, which I've never heard of. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll look it up and put a link there, but we, um, yeah, I don't know anything about key ministry. Glad Something else that, that I, I, yeah, that's good. Micah. thank you. Something else that people said was, um, pastors, people, people who are church leaders going through seminary, and this isn't a topic touched on mm-hmm. how yeah. to how to include disability in your church, like disability and inclusion in your church, which is wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to talk, I, I'm going to think more about, I want us all to think more about that idea of like, how do, is a separate disability ministry at your church? Is it actually creating more segregation and less community? Not, I, that's not the point of it, I would believe, but how easily that could happen. Yep. All right, friends. I feel like we just threw a bunch of things at the wall. Who knows what stuck? (laughs) Um, it's an, it's an endless conversation, right? I, and it's so personal to the spaces that you're in. And, um, I hope that pastors are listening or church leaders are listening. Pass it on to your pastors. Pass it on to your pastors. Pass, 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 pastors. Okay. You guys, we're going to do some good news. Remember, we're going to wrap it in a bow with a little good news. Yeah. Okay. We'll be right back. Yeah. Growing up with a younger sister with Down syndrome, Philip Clark spent his childhood watching his parents struggle to plan for Sarah's future. Not only was his family's planning journey overwhelming and confusing, Philip was frustrated by the traditional planning industry's cookie cutter approach that told families all they needed to do was establish a special needs trust and buy a life insurance policy to fund it when they die. Is that type of planning enough to give you a true sense of security today and complete peace of mind regarding your child's future? Well, Philip didn't think so. That's why he founded Enable Special Needs Planning. Families that partner with Enable begin their journey by defining what a successful planning experience should look like for the entire family with a focus on their loved ones with special needs. 
What does a great life look like today and in the future for your child and your entire family? Then Enable's team of expert special needs consultants come alongside each family and guide them step by step, eliminating the guesswork from the planning process. With a nationwide network of certified financial planners and estate planning attorneys, Enable guides families to the best financial and legal strategies for their unique goals and helps them implement everything easily and efficiently. The Enable team also helps families document all essential details of their child's life and communicate their plan to family and future care team members who need to understand the family's vision of success. At Enable, developing a plan to protect your child's future in case something happens to you is just the foundation. Their true passion is to help your family clarify your vision of success and implement strategies that will benefit you for years to come, allowing your child to truly thrive. If you want to know more about planning experience, check out enablesnp.com. That's enablesnp as in special needs planning. All right, friends, thank you so much for listening to this episode. The Lucky Few has a bunch of new merch out, including a Lucky Few Christmas shirt that you're going to want to head over to theluckyfew.co and check out our shop. And we are going to get you going on your holiday shopping here with a special discount code. It is the biggest discount that we're going to offer this holiday season over at theluckyfew.co with all of our merch for the entire shop. So you're getting 20% off on the entire Lucky Few shop, all of our merch, including our new Christmas merch. Use code podcast at checkout at theluckyfew.co. Happy shopping, everybody. All right, friends. Good news. Okay, Mercedes, what do you got? Oh, I thought that was it. But my good news is we do have a church and they receive sunflower well, and we go every Sunday, and I'm happy. I love it. That's wonderful. Do you get to have your donut? Is the I get to have my donut. My kids walk away with a cup full of donut holes, which is unreal. They pass out donut holes to all the kids. And it's like a cup full of like six of them. I'm like, okay, live your best life. Gluten-free family, whatever. On a Sunday. (laughs) On a Sunday. You got to take a nap anyway. I (laughs) do. We do. Our church does because Mason's gluten-free. And so the freezer in the kitchen has the box of gluten-free donuts. And then every Sunday there's a gluten-free donut for Macy. Okay. See, I'm going to steal that. Yeah. Just keep it in the freezer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have some good news from a listener. This is from M-C-H-A-F-F-E-E, who I know and I love her family so much. Okay. She says, I have good news to share. Violet wrote her name yesterday completely independently and no one ever asked her to. I cried in the middle of Target when her teacher texted me. It was a joyful day yesterday and she wrote it again today. It's hard work, but my gracious, it feels amazing. Yay. Um, amazing. Yes. You guys should follow this person on Instagram. We already, I'm going to say it slower. M C H A F F E E. Okay. Her family's we're on it. Violet's a doll. Okay. That's like, do you have some good news you want to share? I do. I, we just had an IEP last week and the first half of the meeting was just this table of ACEs team 
celebrating how well inclusion is working for him. And this is really their first try at it, even though there's been some inclusive practices at the school. Um, Ace, Ace is probably the person that would have been not, who would not be the first one to pick to put into the inclusive classroom. Um, he's got more challenges than some of the other kids in the separated classroom, but they did it with him and mm. they are celebrating what they're seeing happening for him, which is um, he's becoming more aware. He's, he's tuning in more. He's coming back when he goes back into the ABA classroom, he's more alert and excited. And here's the best part of the story. He sits at the bottom of the slide and gives high fives to every kid who comes down the slide. Aww, and amazing. he is delighted. So <laughs> this is, he is engaging that's really in recess job. for the first I time. I love that No, so that's much. amazing. And like all the kids get to have this great positive experience with yeah. him. All right, friends. I love that so much. Um, if you are a listener and you've got good news, we really love to hear from you. And remember, good news is not, it's, it could be my kid took a bite of spinach for the first time ever or any to like survive an open heart surgery or anything in between. We know that what our kids are doing at any point in their life, we want to celebrate with each other. So that is what good news is. You can, best way to do that is to go to Instagram at the lucky few pod and leave us a direct message. We love to hear from you. And so now the show is ending. Look at this bow. Bop, 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 bop. I tied a bow yes, around it. Way to go. Bop, bop. Bada, bada. Um, thank you, Josh Avis, for editing this episode and Val Schleter for producing it. If you, if you like you... this. Oh, sorry, Micah. <laughs> I'm going to jump in here with Bray. Do it. <laughs> if you like this episode, share it with family and friends. And don't forget to subscribe. And don't forget to check out the luckyfewpodcast.com for show notes. And all the things we talked about today, we'll have links there for you. Make sure you're following social media at the lucky few pod and all the listeners out there. We love you so much. You're slaying it. We're always here cheering you on. And we can't wait for another episode next week when we can be together again until then. Bye. Bye. Bye.